0: Play and stay on Washington State's Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. Stand up paddleboarding, hiking, great restaurants and breweries. I'll tell you more about your next vacation destination later in the show.
1: Cairo, Seattle.
0: I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal a show about famous people and the stories behind the foods they love most. Today on the program, Vanessa Lachey. Vanessa is an actor. She plays the lead role on the new show NCIS Hawaii, and she's the former host of Total Request Live on MTV. Remember TRL? Which is where she first met her now husband, Nick Lachey from 98 Degrees. And Vanessa just released her first book. It's called Life from Scratch,
1: Family Traditions That Start With You. I grew up without a mother and I've stumbled along the way in life pretty much up until my 30s (laughs) and I ended up just creating things that made me feel comfort in what we like to do as a family and how we've kind of created this life from scratch not just food wise but our memories our moments our traditions
0: and if you hate Mondays but love lasagna you're in luck We'll talk about America's favorite curmudgeonly lasagna-loving cartoon cat. And then I chat with the founder of Lasagna Love, a nonprofit started during the pandemic. But first, my conversation with Vanessa Lachey. Vanessa's new book is full of recipes
1: and entertaining ideas, but it's also a vulnerable look at her childhood. Well, without giving too much away, because if I, if I said everything, then who would want to get the book? Nobody.
0: (laughs) Why buy the milk? (laughs)
1: Did you just call me a cow? No, that's okay. Yeah, I did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So yes, my, my mom, she wanted a daughter more than anything in the world and she got one. And that's why I think this whole thing was crazy to me when she ended up leaving. We were living in Turkey when the Gulf War erupted and Saddam Hussein invaded And we were on a military base and they said every every U.S. citizen needs to get evacuated back to the states. So we did. And because we were living there, we didn't have a house. We didn't have anything. So my mom said to my dad and said, "Mom, can you just take her for the weekend? I'm going to get our stuff. I'm going to get a place. We'll get back on our feet. So a week goes by and she picks me up. I don't have a place yet, but we went and had lunch. Like, great. I'll see you next week. And then it just started fading. And she just started not showing up to the point that she was gone. And then next thing you know, I've grown up through my adolescence without her and went through a lot of life changing moments with no mother. And it was hard. I didn't realize how at first angry I was at her until I had kids. And then I was like, wow, I just don't get how you could leave a kid. I know we all have our own issues and all but. There's nothing that could pull me away from my kids. They could could tell me they hate me, never want to see me again. I'll be like, all righty, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be there.
0: Vanessa's book is all about the traditions that she's thoughtfully and purposefully created for her family over the years to make up for the things that she missed out on as a kid. Your mom's Filipino, your dad's American. You were looking for this perfect chicken adobo recipe. Was yeah. there a point in your life where you started wanting to connect to this part of your heritage and
1: wanting to learn to cook Filipino food? Literally, since I like I, I would tell my stepmom, I'm like, do you know how to make lumpia or pancit or chicken adobo? And so, no, I I missed it. I missed it, even though she left. Talk about like Freud, right? I say that in the book. Even though she left, that was my favorite dish. Everyone, when they talk about Filipino, they're like, "Uh, the food. I'm like, yeah. And it left. It left me when I was eight and I never had it. My stepmom, God love her, was the microwave queen. Everything we had was in a microwave. Yeah. You know, I'm definitely an 80s, 90s baby. It's like I actually need a Filipino cooking class. Yeah. And to be honest, I never went to one for a long time because even to hear a woman speak with a Filipino accent brought me back. Mm. a little bit of a traumatic time, like, oh, that's my mom. It was always the chicken adobo. And I always wanted to learn how to make it. I don't know why I just finally got older and I was like, why don't I try? There's the internet, there's Google, there's, I can try. And so I did. And um, I was cooking chicken adobo and my girlfriend was like, oh, is that your mom's recipe? Chicken adobo is a Filipino dish. And I said, no, you know, I Googled this like 17 times and this is the one that Nick likes the most. So this became ours. And she said, oh, so this tradition starts with you. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yes, that's it. Like instead of the glasses half empty and woe is me, I don't have my mom's recipes or jewelry. Why not make it the glasses half full? This is my recipe. And this is my, you know, heirloom ring that Nick got me that it's three rings put into one for all three of our kids that I'll pass down to one of them one day. And why can't it start with us? It has to start somewhere. And so that... Idea came 10 years ago, and here's the book. And it's just about our story and how we do it, hoping to inspire someone to create their own traditions and their own recipes and their own heirlooms. And so, hence the book, Life from Scratch.
0: One of Vanessa's husband's favorite recipes is a citrus beef stir fry she makes, inspired by Chinese delivery.
1: One of his first jobs when he was with 98 degrees, mind you, was delivering Chinese food in Burbank, California. He did it because he wanted the extra and free Chinese food. He loves all of my meals. Like he loves my lasagna and he loves the, he loves all of them, but but he could eat fried rice every day. Mm. If I made fried rice every day, he would eat it every single day. So he worked at a Chinese delivery place and we just started dating in New York and Much like today, I had press this morning. I'm full glam. So I'd come home and throw on a t-shirt and just be like this. But, you know, we were newly dating. So I threw on like a 90 and we'd ordered Chinese food and the doorbell rang and I went to the door. He was like, I don't think so. I said, what? I'm going to get our food. He's like, I delivered Chinese food my entire time I lived in Burbank, struggling with 90 degrees. And I waited for a woman to look like you and answer the door. This guy is not getting it. (laughs) okay he's like go in the room so he made me hide in the room and the guy answered and he's like it was a young kid I'm glad I saved him <laughs> and then of course he said I did tip him well because he knows what it's been like to be there but it was he just it's so funny he's like I just always envision like that movie um Loverboy do you remember that movie with yeah. um <gasps>
0: do I need to watch Loverboy
1: yes with um Dr. McDreamy
0: uh-huh okay I'm think okay so he was also in uh Can't Buy Me Love yeah, by me love. Yeah. Why
1: are we blanking Derm- on his name right now? Derm- Dermot oh, Patrick Dempsey. Patrick Dempsey. So in Lover Boy, he delivers pizzas, and the the whole shtick is women say extra anchovies, and it means that they they just want a companion, and he just ends up like talking to the women, or dancing with the women, or massaging, or hanging out. He ends up being almost like a a young male therapist to them, mm-hmm. but it was pretty much like that. He's like, I just wanted someone to answer the door who would give me attention. And he's like, it was never that. It was always like old people in Burbank. And so he wouldn't let me answer the door. But his love of Chinese food is very known in our house. And so one of our first meals, his very first Father's Day in our new home at the time, I made him this stir fry from a cookbook that we got from our wedding. And he loved it so much that um, I put it in the book to share.
0: I'd like to think that after he became a famous boy band heartthrob, some of the people that Nick delivered Chinese food remembered his face and were like, hey, that's my chow Ming guy. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, Vanessa Lachey's last meal. If you're a fan of naturally gorgeous, off-the-beaten-path vacation spots with small-town charm you're going to want to plan a visit to Washington state's Kitsap Peninsula where you can grab a scoop of homemade ice cream and stroll around the adorable European seaside village of Paulsbow, or walk on the ferry in Seattle and get off in downtown Bainbridge Island. And May is the perfect month to visit Bremerton or Silverdale, where you can get out of the city and into the forest in just 15 minutes for a beautiful hike. Enjoy a farm-to-table meal at Bremerton's Restaurant Lola, a Black-owned business. I really need to make the trip out there for their Creole brunch. And in the morning, stop by Saboteur Bakery for croissants that are so flaky and buttery, you'll think you're in Paris. There's also a gorgeous golf course in the middle of the forest, and there are several naval museums in Bremerton. Go to visit slash your last meal to learn more. That's K-I-T-S-A-P, or you can find a link in the show notes. Play and stay on the Kitsap Peninsula, the natural side of the Puget Sound. just eight and a half minutes long. So grab a snack and cozy up with the nosh. Available anytime, anywhere at CascadePBS.org or find a link in the show notes. What would your last meal be?
1: My last meal, hands down, would be pasta. Either a really hearty, meaty lasagna Mm. or a baked gnocchi with meat sauce. Lots of bread on the side to soak it all up. A ginormous glass of ice water. A Caesar salad so I feel healthy. And crunch. (laughs) And and crunch. Yeah. Johns and cheese and a big piece of chocolate cake.
0: Ooh, Mm. this is a good one. So why those particular pastas? Is there any kind of meaning or story behind it? Or is it just good?
1: It's good. It's like a a meal in one. Like, I feel like, you know, you don't, it's easy. Like one fork and you just eat it. It's not like you have to, here's the steak and then the potatoes and then the veggies. It's just like, (laughs) it's just, (laughs) I'm all about the one meal. Like there's this, this thing in uh, Hawaii called the Manapua. The Filipino version of that is called chopau. It's basically a bun filled with heaven.
0: Yes, yes.
1: I'm going to turn into a manapua by the end of the season. But <laughs> yes, there's a pork adobo one, the chopau. The Filipino one is pork Ooh. adobo in a, like a sweet bun. <gasps> they can be steamed or baked. It's just, in, but it's a one-stop shop. That's what lasagna is. It's a one-stop shop. I mean, I feel like Garfield. <laughs> I,
0: was, <laughs> I was just going to say that actually. Do you also hate Mondays? <laughs> <laughs> Because today's Monday and we're talking about lasagna. For her last meal, Vanessa Lachey wants a Caesar salad, a ginormous glass of ice water, a big
1: piece of chocolate cake, and lasagna.
0: Would you want to make it? Is there a restaurant that makes your favorite? Someone in your life who cooks the best one?
1: Oh, my gosh. That's actually one of my favorite recipes that I make is um, a meat sauce that I found online. Because, again, coming from, you know, I didn't have it. Even though my dad is Italian and Irish, I didn't get it from him either. I found this meat sauce online and I changed it by um, substituting the beef for turkey, ground turkey, and the the (laughs) sausage for turkey sausage. It's one of my favorite recipes. It actually now, Nick was like, I think this is my favorite. It used to be the stir fry. He's like, this now might be my favorite because I make the meat sauce in a massive Dutch oven. And then that's enough to do an entire lasagna that I put in the freezer for that night that we're like, what are we going to do? Ooh, there's a lasagna in the freezer. And then the other half, we start just eating that week. So we can put it over spaghetti or I can make it with um, a baked ziti with some penne noodles or ziti noodles. And it's in the cookbook. It's my favorite meat sauce. So that one we really do love and I eat it all the time. But there was one that I got. It was like my first birthday with Nick and it was this restaurant in LA and it's not even, well, it wasn't there anymore. And it was just the creamiest, yummiest, heartiest. It was just perfect. It was like a creamy mozzarella.
0: Did they Ooh. use a bechamel? Cause that's when it gets. That's real what it was. Creamy. I
1: think that's when they did it. And then also the noodles were like this really thin, beautiful sheet noodle But when I try to recreate a delicate lasagna, it's just a mess. So the one I make is like hearty and easy and you can stick your fork in it and, you know, travel down to the street to your friend's house. But this one was like a beautiful. So I'd probably have the delicate one as my last meal.
0: I've made one like that before. And it's just a lot of work because you have to make your own noodles to do it. And so it's like, yeah, and that's how you get them so delicate. But it takes hours because I haven't done it for years now, but that's kind of my big like okay it's a project recipe like homemade noodles bechamel then uh-huh. the ragu and it's just like I think hours. I'm gonna
1: try this now because honestly for me it's funny people are like oh you're cooking why are you cooking after a full day on set I'm like I enjoy it I put on some music I pour a glass of wine and I like it and honestly yeah. my kids are running around but if they need something. Nick is more prone to be like, what you got? Daddy's got it. Mommy's cooking. And I'm like, that's right. Mama's cooking. (laughs) You can go, you know, wipe that behind in the bathroom or go get that snack or go outside and play with the football. But it's like me time. I zone out. And I love that after all of that work and the music and the wine, there's an end result. Yes. It's the dish you made. And then I get to gift it to my husband and family and friends and then wait for the reaction going, "Mm, this is delicious. You know, it's like, it's my favorite thing to do. I find so much comfort in the kitchen.
0: I'm going to send our contact my recipe to send to you that I have found because it is honestly the best lasagna I've ever had. And it's just like what you're s-
1: describing. So I'll email and they can send it to you. Please do. Yeah, please do. I would have to try that and then I'll have to, I'll make it and then I'll tag you. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, maybe just mail it to me. Mail me a little piece instead. We'll do it old school analog. <laughs>
0: My go-to recipe is from an old issue of Sunset Magazine, and it is so rich and creamy and delicate and delicious. And if you choose to make your own pasta, which I think that you must do for this recipe, it is a project. So like I mentioned before, you make a bechamel instead of using ricotta. I will eat a ricotta lasagna, but I think that it can get a little bit grainy when it's baked. And then you make a three-hour ragu with Italian sausage. And part of the reason that it takes so long is that before you put the tomatoes in, you pour in some white wine, and then you have to wait for all of that to absorb into the meat. And then you pour in milk, and you let that absorb into the meat. But it is entirely worth the wait. If you want the recipe, I have linked it in the show notes. When I was a kid, the only Sunday morning cartoon that I really cared about was Garfield. And of course, lasagna is Garfield's favorite food. Lasagna appeared in the very first Garfield comic strip on July 15th, 1978, and Garfield described it as, quote, nature's most perfect food. Garfield's creator, Jim Davis, who still does the comic strip, once said, quote, I sometimes wish I made pizza Garfield's favorite food. It's easier to draw than lasagna. According to a Food & Wine magazine article from 2017, Garfield loves lasagna because Jim Davis loves lasagna. He said, quote, I love the good things in life, food, relaxing, TV, food. I do love lasagna in just about any Italian food, especially pizza. And I have a feeling that Jim Davis would think that my lasagna is a little bit too floofy. He said, quote, the more basic, the better. It has to have meat in it. It has to have cheese in it. My lasagna doesn't have any mozzarella in it, but there is some Parmesan. Jim Davis is also quoted as saying, I thought it would be funny to have a cat that likes lasagna. But as it turns out, I hear from people all the time that their cats love lasagna. And here's a fun fact. Your last meal is only two degrees of separation away from Garfield. The man who voiced Garfield in the cartoon was the late Lorenzo Music who is the father-in-law of recent Your Last Meal guest, Carla Lolly Music. While lasagna is an Italian dish, the name comes from ancient Greek. According to the book, A Lighthearted Look at How Foods Got Their Names by Martha Barnett, lasagna comes from the ancient Greek word lazanon, which means chamber pot. And for some reason, the Romans thought it would be funny to use this word to name their large cooking pot lazanum, because who doesn't want to cook a meal? in a toilet. And there is one other piece of etymology around this. In the Middle Ages, laganon was the Greek word for a wide, flat noodle. So lasagna has been around for a long time, but not like we know it today. In modern times, it would be hard to imagine Italian food without tomatoes. But tomatoes didn't arrive in Italy until the mid-1500s. They were an Aztec crop, brought to Europe by the Spanish after they conquered the Americas. And when they arrived, Italians were very skeptical of the tomato they had all these kind of superstitions about why it would make them sick. So it would be hundreds of years more before they were brave enough to ladle tomato sauce onto pasta with reckless abandon. So modern-day lasagna, the layered casserole of pasta, tomato sauce, and cheese, that was first recorded in the 1880s in Naples. But Italy magazine says the classic Italian Bolognese lasagna, layered with meat ragu, bechamel, and spinach, that originated in Bologna in the 1900s. (laughs) Yes, he was cantankerous, but Garfield had really good taste in food. Lasagna is one of the coziest, most comforting meals. So it makes sense that it became the official mascot for Rhiannon Men's nonprofit, Lasagna Love. Lasagna Love is honestly one big giant accident? That's Rhiannon Men. When the pandemic started, she was living in San Diego.
2: Everything in California shut down completely, like overnight, no grocery stores, no walking at the beach. Police were patrolling playgrounds. And quite honestly, I just felt very helpless. Like I wanted to do something with my time to help people in my community. But, you know, I didn't really know what to do. And I love cooking. It's been a part of me since I was a child. I cooked with my mom growing up. Um, I, I cooked in restaurants. I just, I love it so much. So one day we just, we were lucky that we got a huge grocery delivery delivery. And I just told my husband, I'm gonna cook meals and post on mom's groups and Facebook and just see who needs help, who's struggling. I posted saying, hey, you know, whatever struggling looks like for you right now, whether you've lost a job, whether you suddenly have kids at home, and what in the world are we doing? Like trying to work remotely, which, you know, back then it was nobody had the tools to do this. And so, you know, I just started posting and saying, you know, I'll drop off a meal to your doorstep contact list. And it, that's just how it happened. It was very organic. And I thought very naively, I'll be making lasagnas or whatever I can get my hands on for a few weeks and things go back to normal. And then here we are a year and a half later and
0: it's exploded. People got wind of what Rhiannon was doing and they wanted to help. And after a big boost from an appearance on the Today Show, there are now 25,000 volunteers making and delivering lasagnas all around the world to people who need a meal in their community. And how many lasagnas or meals have been delivered in this time? So we have
2: delivered over 150,000 meals.
0: If you go to lasagnalove.org, you can either request a meal, no questions asked, or volunteer to make one or 100 lasagnas. And the website will directly connect a maker with an eater.
2: You'll get a text message from a volunteer in your community that just says, Hey, I'm your lasagna chef. Does this day and time work for you? Do you have any allergies? Do you like lasagna? Or some of them will be like, I make lasagna, but I also make really good, like, enchilada casserole. Would you like that instead? And so it's a connection directly between the volunteer and the recipient. And they just work out all the details. And then the volunteer goes and drops the pan of deliciousness off at their doorstep. Why lasagna? you know, in the beginning I was making lasagna and I made chicken and rice and I made spinach pie because those are the ingredients that I could get my hands on. And I settled on lasagna because to me, it's like the quintessential comfort food. It's, it's the thing you bring to somebody when they're, they've had a new baby or when someone's just passed away or you're just you want to show them that you care and you're thinking about them. Lasagna is like the first dish that comes to mind. Um, it's it's easy to make in bulk, which at the beginning was great because I was making like 20 a week and that you can just sort of line them up in assembly line style. It was easy for my kids to be a part of. But lasagna to me is more than just food. It's like it
0: nourishes your soul in a way. It really does. It's so good. And it does feel like special food because People don't make lasagna all the time. I mean, when you're making a bunch, it's easy to get them ready, but it feels like a little bit of an ordeal doing each different layer. It feels special.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. It does. I think I like that it's not the easiest dish. Lasagna takes a little bit more effort. And I like that because it's telling the person we're delivering the family to, like, I didn't just pick this up at the supermarket. I didn't just whip this together. I set aside some time. I made you a meal that's delicious. And I want to deliver love and kindness, not just
0: food. What is your go-to lasagna recipe? So I've perfected
2: my my own lasagna recipe over the years. And I don't think there's anything super special about it, except that I'm really big into health and nutrition. And lasagna is a comfort food, but like not the healthiest food. And so I learned this trick from a woman I used to volunteer with of shredding vegetables and mixing them in with cheese to hide them from veggie picky kids which luckily mine are not but I know so many who are and so I'll shred zucchini and yellow squash and mix it into the mozzarella before spreading it in the pan you can't really taste it or see it but it adds you know at least some nutritional value and it adds a little bit of water it helps the noodles cook i think it's super tasty i think we have some traditional italians in our group who are like you do what but, um, <laughs> but i think it, i think it's great so that's i think the only thing that really stands out about my recipe i make my- my sauce from scratch but in a pinch like I will totally go use jarred sauce just to make it easy so lasagnas are pretty forgiving uh recipe which is nice
0: and do you cook your noodles or do you do the no cooks because I'm always afraid of though I don't know why I don't trust them <laughs> I'm like I don't know are you gonna cook I don't know if I you're trust not you.
2: alone <laughs> so many- I swear this comes up every week with volunteers really? with like are you sure you don't have to cook them and everyone is like yes we're really sh- we. so <laughs> I don't ever cook my noodles and I've used regular noodles. And I just add like some extra sauce. And I think again, the liquid from the veggies helps a little bit. And then I've used the no boil noodles. And we literally ate it last night because I made some this week for a friend of ours who's going through a tough time. So no no boil and it's like delicious and squishy and runny and never a problem. I will say that the flat no boil noodles, I think are better than the wavy no boil noodles.
0: That makes sense. Cause like the edges always kind of stay a little bit firmer, even if you do yeah, cook them first, yeah. boil them first.
2: That's and my, that's my only preference. Yeah. Do
0: you do meat sauce or just a marinara? And then do you do ricotta or bechamel? So this is funny. So
2: I always do a meat sauce and I do half ground beef and half Turkey. I've done a bunch of different combinations, but that's kind of my favorite. My whole life I've been like a ricotta mixture The official lasagna love recipe has ricotta in it. But a couple of weeks ago, I had to make 10 lasagnas to deliver on Maui and the entire island was out of ricotta cheese, like supply chain issues. I don't know. You could not buy it anywhere. And so I was like, all right, guess I'm learning how to make bechamel again. And I made a bechamel sauce and I'm a total convert. I'm now head over heels in love with a bechamel lasagna.
0: Same. I will never go back. It's so creamy
2: and luxurious (laughs) and velvety. Right. It is so delicious and it does. It feels like luxury. We do have a couple of volunteers who've said they use cottage cheese. I'm not quite there yet, but I will test <laughs> that some.
0: I think lasagna is one of those foods that no matter what, it is kind of good. Like that whole phrase, you know, there's no such thing as bad pizza or bad sex. And I'm like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> or bad lasagna. I've no had, such thing. I've had bad pizza and bad sex, but I feel like lasagna is always good. Like it can't ever be that bad.
2: <laughs> Although I will say very early on, one of our volunteers texted her match and it must have been a wrong number and she got a response saying you know i'm sorry amy you must have the wrong number this is bob and i don't even like lasagna and our whole team was like bob Bob. how can i feel like one of us needs to draw maybe this was meant to be like how can you not (laughs) like lasagna one of us should bring you some
0: (laughs) bob come on bob bob is clearly a psychopath were you obsessed with the guinness book of world records when you were a kid yeah same when we come back, Vanessa Lachey reveals how she earned her place in the Guinness Book of World Records, and it has to do with lunch. For as many times as I leaf through my copy of the Guinness Book of World Records in elementary school, there are only two pages that I remember. I want you to tell me about your Guinness World Record because this is oh. very funny. And you grew up, I think we're about the same age. The Guinness Book of World Records was such a big part of childhood. The woman with the long nails that she had to hang <gasps> over the balcony. Oops. <laughs> Where's the light switch? Oh, no. I'm with you. The woman with the long nails. Yeah. And then her hair that was cascading over the balcony. Like those were the things I remembered. So what is your Guinness world record?
1: Most bagged lunches in under three minutes.
0: (laughs) So what is the criteria for
1: that? Um, Gosh, I'm a little rusty on this because it was a couple years ago, but you had to have a, a sandwich that needed to have like meat, cheese, bread. You had to have a snack. You had to have a drink. Uh, and it had to be bagged. Okay, so yeah, and you would I was have like, to
0: make the sandwich and then put it in.
1: Yes. Okay. There was a Guinness Book of World Record referee there, and he was making sure everything was done correctly. Um, It also had to be done with sanitation. First of all, I was like, how how has nobody done this? <laughs> yeah. And if I'm being completely honest, if somebody really practiced, they could probably beat my world record. But nobody had done that world record at that point. So I got my plaque and I got in the book and it's so cute because now my son has the book in his room. I'm one of the first couple pages. And so he's like, mom's in the Guinness Book of World Records. I'm like, don't you ever forget it. Coolest mom around. Second lunch.
0: So how many lunches were you able to pack in three minutes?
1: Oh gosh, I should know this since it is in my bio. I want to say it was like 14, 17. I wonder if I can find it. Vanessa Lachey in world tracker Are we both Googling myself? Yes,
0: <laughs> but I'm, I'm not as dorky as you because I'm not
1: Googling myself. Uh, okay, it is on here. It was in the teens. It's harder than you'd think. <laughs> oh no, one. it's nine. I literally said it's in the teens and it was nine. <laughs> nine in three minutes. Boom. Woo! Nine's my lucky number, so I'll never forget it.
0: I read that Nick... I don't know if this is a dish he makes, his family makes, something you make for him. What is yeah. wiener bun surprises?
1: First of all, I don't know where you found out about those. <laughs> his, his mom's mom makes them and she gives them to me, Nick, Drew, and Leah, my brother and sister-in-law, every Christmas. She makes dozens of them. She freezes them and then she puts them in gift bags and gives them to us for Christmas. What it's- is it? Um, it's basically like ground up bologna oh. and relish and pickles and mustard and maybe some ground up hot dogs. And it's like all of that ground up. It's like a paste. Like it's a mushy, chunky paste. And then you put it in the shape of a hot dog oh. and you put it in a hot dog bun and then you warm it up <laughs> and it looks like a hot dog. So it's a wiener bun and then you bite into it and it's not. And then it's Surprise. Surprise!
0: It's it's a bunch of mushed up things. It's that is a bunch so- of
1: mushed. I think, and honestly, like I hope listeners know, I mean this with love because this is what we've said. And my grandmother made a version of this for my dad, and they're both from Ohio, so maybe it was an Ohio thing. But it was almost like the Depression food era when you just had what you had, and you mix mix it all together, and you put it in bread, and just be grateful for what you had. Mm-hmm. And it rem- it's one of those things that is it good? No, but it's nostalgic, right? And it reminds Nick of his childhood. And anything that can transport you back to being a carefree kid, I think, is something that's a wonderful dish. And that's one of them. Only it wasn't my childhood dish. So during the holidays, I get to share in the wiener bun surprise with Nick, because you know you don't want to offend Grandma. So you yeah. eat it. We know what's coming when we see her at Christmas, and she's got her gift bags that are that are rock hard because they're frozen. She freezes them. <laughs> So that we can keep them all year until next Christmas. And it really is. It's a sweet tradition. She wrote the recipe out with a marker on a cheesecloth and she gave it to me. And um, (laughs) it's the cutest thing. It really is.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it goes along with why you created this book. Everybody has their own traditions. Everyone makes their own family traditions. And hers is Wiener bun surprise.
1: Wiener bun surprise.
0: Surprise. (laughs) And that was Vanessa Lachey's last meal. Well, I could talk to you all day. You are so fun to chat with, but our 30 minutes went by super quick and you have to go,
1: young lady. Thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm looking forward to your recipe. I really do want to make this soon.
0: Yes, I'll send it. I feel like my mom now because it's from Sunset Magazine, which is always like the mom magazine. And now I subscribe and I've kept it. I think it's like 12 years ago that I ripped it out of the magazine. There's splotches all over it. I Um, love that. Yeah, it's great. It's in my recipe binder because I'm a grandma now.
1: Yeah. Oh, I have a recipe binder too. Oh, you it's do? In the, yeah. And I have I have Nick's face on it. It's literally oh. called Nick's Favorites because apparently I'm not cooking for myself anymore. I'm just cooking for the man. Would it be
0: weird <laughs> if I put Nick's face on mine too? I'm like, because Vanessa did it. <laughs> no, not at all.
1: You're like, these are Nick's favorites. <laughs> yeah. These are Nick's favorites that he doesn't know about yet, but he will someday. He will. If I start making your food, if you send me the recipes. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then one day he'll meet you and he'll just hug you and be like, thank you. <laughs> Her book is Life from
0: Scratch, Family Traditions That Start With You. And you can find a link in the show notes. Thanks to Rhiannon Men, founder of Lasagna Love. If you want to volunteer to make lasagnas or if you need a meal, go to lasagnalove.org or find a link in the show notes. Are you tired of lasagna yet?
2: I'm not. However... My husband, I think last night was the first time he's actually willingly eaten it in, in about a year. <laughs> and my son won't eat it anymore. Yeah, my, my whole family is like, lasagna, are you kidding? <laughs> um, but I, for some reason, I just don't get tired of it. I love it.
0: Make sure you're following along on Instagram. I'm Hello Rachel Bell. That is where you can send me a DM or participate in a poll like the one I put up this week. What's better? Shake Shack or in and out. If you like the show, tell a friend. It's a little Hanukkah present to me. And leave us a review wherever you're listening. I'm Rachel Bell, and this is Your Last Meal. But first, my conversation with Vanessa, with Vanessa Leche.